Tennessee, a bounce-back game on the road last night at Missouri, a 19-point victory. We're going to break all that down, plus a little bit more on Cody Burns' departure. And Mickey Deerstone, voice of the Lady Vols, is calling it a career. Josh Ward joins me for a Wednesday Locked On Vols. You are Locked On Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome into a Wednesday show. I'm your host, Eric Kane. So glad to have you guys along for the ride, hanging out with me here today. Like I said, the cold open, a lot to get into. Tons of Tennessee basketball conversation following that 19-point win at Missouri on the road. And we're going to have Josh Ward in with us to chat a little bit here in just a moment. Locked on Vols, your number one spot for Tennessee football coverage, your audio platform every single day. Also on YouTube, available and free anywhere you get your podcasts. And so let's go ahead and bring in Josh Ward. Josh. Appreciate you should, uh, for jumping on and joining the show here today. 80-61, to 61, the final score. And it was a game where three Tennessee Volunteers finished in double figures. Tennessee shot 45% from the field, shot pretty well, especially in the first half. But it might have been the best game so far for Kennedy Chandler. What were your thoughts on Tennessee's win at Missouri last night? Kennedy was terrific. He did everything that he wanted to do, shot the ball well, was able to make plays at the basket, and he, he's a guy that's continued to develop and play at a higher level as this season has gone along. We've talked about the high expectations that accompanied his arrival at Tennessee, and he struggled in some of the early big games that Tennessee played in non-conference, but his talent and his ability have uh, have been, I think, pretty apparent, and it was all on display against Missouri, and probably a good matchup for him. His quickness, his speed, his playmaking ability. I mean, he made a, a full court pass to Jonas Adu. That was just great awareness of here's the situation. They Missouri had a player that had, I think, missed that Adu was there. Chandler saw that Adu was open. Hey, quick uh, flick of the wrist, and the ball's up the court for an easy play for Tennessee. Those are difference-making plays for the Vols. And he, he does it on both ends. His quick hands on defense uh, generates plays the other way. I just I think Kennedy Chandler's a terrific player. Uh, he's, he's not perfect, and he's going to make mistakes. But guys that you're asking to make plays that often are expected to make mistakes. But he, he had a really good game. Victor Bailey Jr. coming off the bench and hitting shots. Uh, he picked a good game to have a good game because there wasn't a lot happening for Tennessee when – Victor was getting his points. Uh, I, yeah, I think he had maybe a fifth of the points when he hit nine points uh, off the bench there early second half. So uh, just overall a good showing. Tennessee's clearly the better team than Missouri, and there was no question about that as the game went along. Yeah, Kennedy Chandler's final line, 23 points, eight rebounds, six assists. He was not a 12 for the field, uh, two of four from three. It, just an all-around fantastic game. And again, he he's blown up in terms of point production, you know, here in a couple games a season. But you know exactly what you're going to get uh, for the majority of the time for Kennedy Chandler. And it was you know, the same thing here on a um, on a Tuesday night in, in SEC action. You brought up Victor Bailey Jr. Kind of a guy, you know, who's going to get more minutes? Is it going to be VBJ? Is it going to be Justin Powell? Um, how many minutes is Fulkerson going to play? You know, these role players... I feel like there's not a set design, you know, minute count. It's just kind of whoever has the hot hand. And, you know, last night it was Victor Bailey Jr. Going back to the place where his dad played football. We saw that highlight on the uh, on the broadcast probably, you know, three or four times. Uh, meant a little bit more for him, but that's good to see because many people, myself including, uh, you know, a couple of times this season, kind of written off Victor Bailey Jr., but he came through in a big way for Tennessee. 
Yeah, I don't think he's been written off by the coaching staff. I'm still skeptical that he's going to play a big, consistent role off the bench. But he's been given opportunities, and he was against Missouri. He hit a three early after coming in and hit some important shots. And I, I think it's Bailey or Powell. One of those guys will have to help Tennessee off the bench. And we haven't seen the last of Justin Powell either. But they need some extra scoring off the bench, and the bench production can be really good for the Vols with what Zakai Ziegler is able to do. John Fulkerson and Jonas Adu has been a nice spark for Tennessee since he's had to come in and play with Olivier Cumois going down. If Powell or Bailey can provide some help, then Tennessee's bench depth will be as good as just about anybody out there. So that, that can be something that helps Tennessee. You get to March and you're uh, wondering where are your legs and how much depth do you have. That should not be a real concern for Tennessee. Obviously, they have to go out and perform, and one game does not mean all of a sudden you're going to be getting 8 to 10 points per game from Victor Bailey Jr., but it is a reminder of what Tennessee has and the potential of this team. If Tennessee can be led offensively by Kennedy Chandler, and Vescovy hit his shots. He struggled shooting the basketball in the previous game, hit some shots from the outside against Missouri. You know who's supposed to lead the team. We've talked about the big three, and you get ready for Auburn coming up. Josiah Jordan-James on the defensive end will have to lead. These players appear to know their roles on the team, and that's really important this time of year. Yeah, you're kind of talking about Victor Bailey Jr., and it, it, it's nice to see and remind us you know, what he is capable of. Same with John Fulkerson against you know Kentucky. He played a fantastic game, scoring 14 points, eight rebounds or whatever, a couple of blocks against Kentucky. But where's John Fulkerson been since, right? Um, you know, Victor Bailey Jr. When's the next time we're going to see him? Sure, it's nice to have that on your bench, but, you know, consistent play and really the only consistent piece that Tennessee can count on in terms of offense all season long really has been Zakai Ziegler. He didn't blow up, you know, last night. He only finished with six points. And this might be a loaded question, but, you know, I was listening to Bob and Burt's when I was on my way back home as the game just started. And Burt said, if he's not the SEC six man of the year, I don't know who is. Would he be your pick right now? Or, you know, is there probably more of a conversation there? Yeah, I mean, he'd be in the conversation because the role that he plays, uh, playing close to starter minutes, uh, that mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's really what you're looking at—a guy that plays a starter's role on a team without starting for the team. And uh, we've talked about the best lineup for Tennessee, in my opinion, and it includes Kennedy Chandler and Zakai Ziegler mm -hmm. on the floor. And I think a common question has been, why not start what is a, what appears to be the best lineup? But I think Tennessee benefits from. The offense, it's instant offense with Ziegler when he comes in. That happened against Missouri. Tennessee was down 8-4 after the first media timeout. Ziegler comes in and went on a quick run that was sparked by Ziegler, uh, both him scoring. Uh, you're right, he didn't score a lot in the game, but he did quickly and then set his teammates up on some easy baskets. And all of a sudden, Tennessee had the lead. And uh, and in that first four minutes, Missouri, it's a it's a very quick start, but Missouri was trying to set the pace. Tennessee quickly changed that, and that was thanks to Zakai Ziegler coming into the game. That's why he comes off the bench for Tennessee and why he plays a big role over the course of 40 minutes. Josiah Jordan-James, the fourth consecutive game that he's really struggled to find the bottom of the net offensively. Now, he got his points tonight, nine points. Um, you know, three of 10 shooting though, two of five from long range again, had so much value everywhere else. He had six rebounds. Um, he had three assists. He plays good defense, uh, before Josiah, was it just a, you know, uh, you know, a fart and a skillet as, uh, as a Tennessee football might say with Mike Eckler, 
Or, you know, should we expect to get more production? Will, will that start rebounding and coming back and Josiah consistently scoring in double figures, you know, at some point, you know, come tournament time? Or is this kind of what we should expect? Well, I think he'll bounce back at some point and have at least another good game where you say, okay, okay on the offensive end, Josiah really made a yeah. difference. And he can still help. Uh, he had a play driving to the basket when he was playing the four position, drove to the basket and kicked out to, I believe, Chandler, but to an open outside shooter. And his penetration helps set that play up. So he can do things like that. He gets the assist, but uh, it's not going to stand out. You're looking at the point total, his shooting performance. I think that'll bounce back. I'll say going into the next game, I really couldn't care less about that for Josiah for the matchup against Auburn. And the reason I say that is because Jabari Smith's going to come to town. And the difference that Josiah is going to make as this team tries to make a run in March will be what he's able to do defensively and he's their best matchup, maybe their only real matchup opportunity. I mean, they can throw some length at Jabari, but this is a guy that's probably the number one pick in the NBA draft. He'll certainly uh, be a, a top pick in the draft, and Josiah defensively is going to be somebody that has to step up in this game. So obviously you want him to help offensively, and if he hits shots, he, I mean, he's going to have some. You want him to go in. That's not my biggest concern for Josiah. I'm going to look for Kennedy Chandler and Santiago Vescovi, and then some of these other guys we've talked about. Zakai will get his shot opportunities. I'm going to look for those guys first to lead the way. John Fulkerson, step up and get 8 to 10 points, and, uh, and that'll fill your role. Josiah's biggest role, I think, is on the defensive end. If he provides a big scoring output, then – watch out for this Tennessee basketball team. But that's the secondary role I look for from Josiah right now. Yeah, we'll have more from Josh coming up here in segment number two. More on this basketball game with Tennessee-Missouri. A look ahead at Auburn, a little bit about Tennessee football uh, coming up here in just one moment. But the guy that used to steal all of my built bars, and I think he still is, we got him here on the show. I want to hold him to it. That's Josh Ward. But he initially told me about it about this time last year when I took over the show. Hey, try these built bars, man. They're filled with protein. They're covered in 100% chocolate. There's tons and tons of selection. It's a great alternative to that of a candy bar because when we're, when we're splitting hairs here and looking down at the at the ingredients, you know, built bars got just around 130 calories compared to 240 ish calories for your standard candy bar. Only about four grams of sugar, four net carbs. But it's 17 grams of protein. It's that perfect pick-me-up for the early afternoon, maybe a mid-morning snack, whatever the case may be. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, we're into the new year. Hey, the spring and summer months, just right around the corner, Built Bar could be a solution for you. And again, like I said, tons and tons of selection, and you can find it all at Built.com. Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 while you're there, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Segment number two of a Wednesday show. Welcome back into it. I'm Mary Kane. Josh Ward joining me here as well on this episode of Locked On Balls as we reflect on Tennessee's 80-61 to 61 victory on the road at Missouri. I mean, we can, we can dissect this any way you want to, Josh. I mean, Tennessee, 45% shooting from the field, made half its three-pointers, 9 of 18. 
you know, miss four, three, miss four free throws, 15 to 19. That's, you know, but that's that percentage looks bad, but it's not horrible, I guess. Was great points off turnovers, 16 points off 13 turnovers for uh, Missouri after a season low five assists against Arkansas on Saturday. Tennessee responded, had seven in the first half, 15 assists overall in this basketball game. But bottom line, Missouri is not a good basketball team. Just not. Uh, in, in previewing this in previewing this basketball game as I hit my microphone, we talked about where Missouri stacks up in the nets and the uh, you know adjusted offensive and defensive defensive efficiency ratings and the strength of schedule. That's actually one step ahead of Tennessee, but nonetheless, not a good basketball team. So what can Tennessee take away from this basketball game? Is it as simple as just getting a win and getting back on track? Because we know what's coming up on Saturday. Well, I do think it's as simple as getting a win and getting back on track in that Tennessee played the way it was supposed to. Tennessee has been really good overall in non uh, in games against non-quad one teams, and Missouri was that. So this was a game where you wanted to come in. Missouri had played Friday, then Sunday, then Tuesday, yeah. so they're already shorthanded. They're already not a very good team. Tennessee, the deeper team, as we're talking about, and the more talented team, needed to go in and make that clear, and the Vols did that. And talking about Kennedy Chandler's performance, and he was talking about before the game, we're not going to take this team lightly because Missouri, while it's not a very good team at home, it has been a tough team. It kind of whipped up on Alabama. It lost to Florida by a point. It lost mm -hmm. to Auburn by a point. It lost to Texas A&M, which is an okay team, by three points. So it played really close games against quality competition at home, almost knocked off number one Auburn at the time. Tennessee's players knew that and went in and said, okay, we're going to look more like Arkansas did, a team that's been on the rise last week when Arkansas went in there and blew out Missouri. So uh, I would say the takeaway is that Tennessee knew what it needed to do and did it and was led by Kennedy Chandler, who we're looking to kind of lead Tennessee's basketball team into March. So uh, this is not a game that's going to tell us, okay, the Vols are headed to at least the Sweet 16. The Auburn game might give us a better idea of that. But you wanted to see Tennessee take care of business, and it did that very easily. Tennessee took control of this basketball game in the first half, led at halftime 36-27, had a run of a 13, um, a 13-0 run at one point in time in the first half to really take control of this basketball game, led by as many as 11. That lead blossomed to as many as 21 uh, late in the second half. Again, Tennessee shot very, very well from the field in both the second and uh, in, in the first half, rather. And Chandler had 14 of his 23 points in half number one. Victor Bailey Jr., seven of his 14 points or seven of his uh, 11 points um, in the first half as well. So some great first half play for uh, Tennessee. But you've referenced it a few times. I've referenced it a few times. We know what's coming up. What is Auburn going to present in terms of challenges for Tennessee? We know Tennessee plays extremely well at home, and Tennessee's had some good wins at home, most notably against Kentucky two weeks ago. But what's this game going to look like for Tennessee? And what does Tennessee need to do in order to slow down Auburn, who is as good as anybody in the country? Yeah, Tennessee has a good chance in this game. The Vols have been great at home, haven't lost at Thompson Bowling Arena. And Auburn recently on the road in tough environments. But hey, that's what it's going to be in Knoxville. Lost at Arkansas, lost at Florida. Both games came down to the very end, overtime against Arkansas. And Auburn had the ball down one in the final possession and didn't get it done. Otherwise, could have walked out of there with the win. So this is obviously going to be a really tough game for Tennessee. Jabari Smith is an elite talent. He might be the number one pick in the draft. Walker Kessler is a legit talent, and he has legit size. This is a seven-footer that is going to cause problems for Tennessee. 
Let's see how Urush uh, performs there. Jonas Adu coming off the bench. He has the size to match up. Doesn't have as much experience as Kessler, who played at UNC and then transferred to Auburn. So that's going to be really tough. And then the guard play is going to be a lot of fun, I think, here, because Tennessee should match up well with the quickness. Uh, but uh, Johnson for for Auburn, bit of a crazy man out there. And he's going to be, I'd say, it's si excited to play in the environment that will be Thompson Bowling Arena. Green can play. And Bruce Pearl's team is going to know what to do when they go out there. Bruce has uh, he's rattled off a bunch of wins in a row against Tennessee. And obviously, he's going to be excited to return to Knoxville. His team is going to know that this is his former spot. While many years have passed since then, it still means a lot. So it's just going to be a great environment. I'm going to be at Thompson Bowling Arena. Can't wait to be there to see the game. But this is a huge matchup. If Tennessee had beaten Arkansas, this game would have meant a, a ton for the SEC standings. Tennessee's not out of the race, but to win the SEC, to at least get a share, the Vols need to win this weekend as there's a two-game difference with Auburn and, and Tennessee. But you had some matchup where Tennessee can uh, either find some advantages or feel really good about how it stacks up. Yeah, he's going to be there. So he's giving you permission to jump the barrier there, go down to the media section, go sit right beside Josh, say hello, um, because he's pretty much inviting you to come down and say hi. Uh, but God, I'll probably be kicked. Let's be real. I'll probably be kicked out of the media section. So don't worry about looking for me there. <laughs> kind of on that note, too, when we're talking about, you know, Kessler, we're talking about some of the bigs for Auburn. And this goes beyond Auburn, but especially for this for this upcoming matchup. I mean, I was talking with your with your nephew, Logan, um, Logan Ward or, or during the game. And I mean, what yep. big does Tennessee have to rely on right now? Sure. A do is playing better. And I like the way he's playing and he's getting his minutes and he's He's being productive in a manner, you know, playing his role for Tennessee. Uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield had a couple dunks tonight. You know, looked looked good at times, but not consistent there. Not consistent with Fulkerson. Uros gives you nothing offensively. He's a liability defensively as well. None of those guys have proven, except for Adu, maybe to be a great defensive player to this point. You know, when you think about Tennessee's front court presence, I mean, there's just there's still we're, we're here at, towards the end of February. There's still so many questions. And I think we kind of had the answers to just knowing that Tennessee just doesn't have a consistent threat in the front court this season. Yeah, this is a game where John Fulkerson needs to be aggressive. You're yeah. at home. You're going to have the crowd on your side. You want to make a statement. You need to play like you're capable of. And the fact that John did against Kentucky, I think, should provide some confidence mm -hmm. that he could in this game. I mean, think about the, uh, the, the wildest environments so far this season, I would say, are the Kentucky and the Arizona games. Two of maybe the two best performances by Fulkerson this season, certainly uh, in the games that mattered. So that should provide some confidence. That, you know, John Fulkerson knows what this is about. The, the environment is something that he's going to be able to feed off. Um, you know, Jonas Adu, he's a guy that hasn't played a ton, but you know, the, the idea of going up against big talent, that's not a big deal to him. He's a big talent and uh, he's, a, he's a freshman who hasn't played as much. And I'm not saying he's as good as Jabari Smith. That would. Uh, be ridiculous but in terms of going out there and facing that kind of competition that's what he did before he got to college so um, the, that's probably where I start in terms of who I'm hoping can step up Huntley Hatfield's going to play and he the, you know what I just said about a do should apply to Huntley Hatfield he's played against big time talent um, in high school and AAU and all that stuff so uh, th that shouldn't intimidate him but in terms of who's produced and um, who I have a little more confidence in. It's probably Adu over Huntley Hatfield, who's played more this season. But yeah, a lot of it comes back to the defensive side. I just I'm looking to the guards to get my offensive production and then John Fulkerson to provide that. If I can get a couple of putbacks from Urosh, from Adu, from Huntley Hatfield, then I'll take it. You know, if they get to the free throw line, you hope that they knock it down. 
uh, knock those shots down because I think that was a real frustration from Rick Barnes coming out of the Arkansas game that the post guys couldn't take care of business at the free throw line. But um, yeah, it's just, it's obviously the biggest question mark, the big guys and what they're going to be able to provide. And from a matchup standpoint, this is uh, this is probably the toughest one. I like uh, Adu blocked some shots and did some good things against Missouri. Clear advantage against Mizzou that won't exist against Auburn. So hold your own and then hope the guards can uh, get the offensive production and hit some outside shots. This is going to be a good one. Tennessee hosting Auburn on Saturday. That game is going to tip at four o'clock Eastern time. Auburn actually in action later tonight at home against Ole Miss. Uh, wouldn't waste your time there. Uh, that should be a slugfest in favor of the Tigers. Uh, let's shift gears, uh, gears here. Two more questions. Uh, first, we'll start with Cody Burns uh, heading to the NFL, heading to the New Orleans Saints. That's that pipeline, Knoxville to New Orleans, man. <laughs> it's, it's strong, right? Um, yeah, Sean Payton's gone, but the, the pipeline's still open. Yeah. Uh, how big of a loss is this for Tennessee? I, I see a lot of people, and a lot of people in our industry too, and I said this on the podcast yesterday, that are kind of saying, well, hey, this is not that big of a loss, not that big of a loss. He wasn't that good anyway. I mean, let's let's hold on a minute, okay? Do I think that this is a huge loss for Tennessee? No, I don't. I think this is a very replaceable loss for Tennessee. Um, but let's not act like Cedric Tillman, and I understand it's a product of the offense too, but let's not act like Cedric Tillman was uh, the same player this year that he has been his entire career. Let's not act like Bayless Jones was the same player this year that he was his entire career at the receiver position because that would be false. I think that um, I don't think he's a good recruiter, but I think that you know the work that he did was was fine this year, and I think it's worth noting that Tennessee's offense was good and the receivers were good as Tennessee continues to look for a new wide receivers coach. Yeah, you can't brag about everybody coming back as it appeared that was going to be the case mm -hmm. and then say it doesn't matter at all that somebody's leaving. Now, you can also overstate when uh, talking about the impact of everybody coming back. And uh, if that's the case, then let's also be careful about uh, overreacting to a position coach leaving on the offensive side. My guess is that this is not going to have a big negative impact on Tennessee. Let's see who Tennessee hires. It's an attractive position. Mm -hmm. It's a, a program that can pay money. You are coaching in an offense that is set up for your receivers that you're going to be coaching to succeed to then make you look good. So my guess is that they'll be fine. And having Tillman come back with the development he's already made, uh, I think he'll have another really good year. And uh, the, the real question to me is who can help step up around him and I, by the way, it, it's wild to me that we're having this conversation. Uh, I just, I give Tillman so much credit for the development that he made, mm -hmm. but uh, they need to go make a good hire. And, you know, you could look at a couple of different options. You can move Jerry Mack to receivers coach. If you find somebody that you think might be a better fit to coach running backs. Uh, but that also changes your offensive staff even more. All of a sudden you essentially have two coaching position yep. changes if you were to do that. So my uh, preference if I'm Josh Heupel, he has not consulted with me yet, but my preference would be to find somebody to come in and coach receivers and have Mac coach running backs. But it's an attractive position. You have some talent there. You have some young talent. I, I like this uh, freshman group that's coming in, but that's why you need to find the right coach to come in, help them get ready to play right away and help everybody in that position group uh, develop. But if I had to guess, is this going to work out fine or not? I would guess that it's going to be fine for Tennessee. You're waiting on the call though, right? Hey, yeah, Josh's are supposed to stick together. So, uh, yeah, we got the the private hotline for Sports 180 that Josh Heupel can hop on anytime. <laughs> anytime. You, you hear that, Josh. I know he listens to the show. Uh, anytime. Call Sports 180. Uh, last thing, man, I would assume uh, he is the man that hired you at uh, the Sports Animal way back when you were uh, 16 years old. <laughs> or probably, probably the guy that said, hey, go away. <laughs> but you just kept showing up. 
Uh, he's been the voice of the Lady Vols for 23 seasons. He's been associated with the Lady Vols in a fill-in role of some sorts for the past 30 seasons. He's a guy that has been a part of some great, great, great teams. Uh, calling it quits, and I don't want to phrase it that way. He is retiring, certainly not quitting, retiring after a great run as the voice of the Lady Vols. His name is Mickey Deerstone. Uh, just thoughts on on his career and what he's meant to Lady Ball basketball. Yeah, Mickey Deerstone is, uh, I think, a Tennessee basketball legend with what he's done as a Lady Vols play-by-play man. And it, it was a solo booth. You know, he, he didn't have the color commentator to hand over to, to step in. It was all Mickey, and uh, he was calling big-time games. So that was a lot on his shoulders or on the pipes. And uh, his ability to describe what's going on uh, in high-intense environments and to paint the picture that everybody was trying to see is terrific. I, I really thought Mickey was great. Uh, as I say was, he's not, he's not finished yet, but uh, he's just he's been big-time for Lady Vols basketball and uh, had a chance to work for Mickey as a long time for a long time. You're right. As a program director with the sports animal. And uh, he was my boss and uh, you know, have so many stories to talk about. And uh, he was a guy that he would look out for me, looked out for the other on air people and uh, would fight for his people, I think is how he saw it. And uh, I always appreciated that. So I, my, my first thought was congrats to Mickey yeah. because he's a Hall of Famer, went into the Greater Knoxville Sports Hall of Fame a year ago. He very much deserved the honor, and he called big-time games and uh, was respected and appreciated by a lot of people for a long time. So um, congrats to Mickey Deerstone on an incredible run as the voice of the Lady Vols. Putting in the overtime, everybody listening and watching knows that I do not like to do these shows after basketball games by myself. So, Josh, I appreciate you uh, going an extra segment with me here today. What uh, do we have to look forward to on Sports 180, uh, noon to three every single day on the Sports Animal? Yeah, so if you watch the TV broadcast, there was a lot of Boom Boom Room talk with Tom Hart and yeah. uh, Dame Bradshaw, and that's Ron Slay's Boom Boom Room, and he was on with us on Tuesday, and that was obviously before the Missouri game, but we did a lot of Auburn talk as well. So uh, that would be my first rec. Go back and... Uh, listen to some of the Ron Slay conversation. He's on with us every Tuesday from 1 until 2 on uh, Sports 180. But more hoops talk, more Tennessee football talk, and everything else going on on Sports 180. Josh Ward, he's at Josh underscore Ward. Appreciate you, bud. You got it. Thank you. All right, Josh Ward also got me on to, you know, making some extra coin in my pocket and trying to do well for me, putting my sports knowledge to use. Josh is a big fan of this. I am as well. And here on Locked On Balls, we go to betonline.net. Football might be over, but as Josh pointed out, there's a lot of basketball action going on right now. He is a huge Chicago Bulls fan, right? Living in the 90s. Can, you know you know what I'm saying? Uh, but he watches the pros. He watches the, the the college basketball, not just Tennessee. And you can get in on that action at betonline.net. All the latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the coach you know might be fired, where he might land. It's all that and more. It's your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Um, it remains the best for spot for all your scores, podcast news as well. And again, you can go check out some hockey highlights, some boxing, some UFC. Uh, Olympic coverage. I know that's wrapped up, but it was there at Bet Online as well. And you can go check it out today at the website, betonline.net, or on your mobile device and see all the latest trends and action that's happening again. It's betonline.net. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. Time to tie a bow on this edition of Locked On Vols. Welcome back into it. Big thanks to Josh Ward for hanging out with us for segments one and two, recapping what was an 80 to 61 win 
Tennessee over Missouri last night. Looking ahead to Auburn, a little bit about a little Tennessee football coaching staff opening and about Mickey Deerstone, who is stepping aside following this season. We're going to talk about that here in segment three as I welcome you back. I'm Eric Kane, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here today and subscribing on YouTube for Locked On Falls and all of your audio platforms. Locked On Falls, that is your team every single day. Of course, that is the Tennessee Volunteers completely free and on every single platform. So, yeah, Mickey Deerstone. Um, as a lot of you guys know, I mean, of course, he's the voice of the Lady Vols, and I'll get more into that here in just a moment um, here in this shorter segment. But you know, he was also longtime program director and morning show personality at The Sports Animal. You know, The Sports Animal, I believe it launched in the early to mid-2000s. I don't know, guys. I'm going to be honest with you, and I've told people it worked this, too. I've worked at The Sports Animal for you know, four and a half years now, almost five years before I stepped foot in there for day number one. That was the first day I listened to that radio station. I never did. Of course, I wasn't a Knoxville kid. I wasn't far away, but still, I never streamed it and I never listened to it on the radio. I was country 107.7 all the time. Still am. But um, so I didn't listen to Mickey Deerstone and, the you know, Doc, Jeff and Heather and all that. Of course, I had the pl- privilege of working with Heather the first year and a half that I was on the job. But um, so I didn't know Mickey. He, he was gone there was a lot of transition when I came in and Mickey was one of those that uh, left the station in Cumulus Knoxville a couple months before my arrival. Um, but you know, s- since I've been working in Knoxville and everything, I've seen him around. I've talked to him a few times, very nice, very gracious, but um, he's, you know, been a guy that's been known in this market for, for quite some time. And not only for being a morning show personality and helping launch the sports animal and, and running the ins and the outs of that radio station for, you know, for a long, long time, for over a decade, but also for being the voice of the Lady Vols. And uh, press release came out, said that he is going to retire at the conclusion of this 2021-2022 basketball season. So when the Lady Vols are done, Mickey Deerstone will be done. And uh, what a career in terms of being a broadcaster. 23 seasons, a 30-year association with the Lady Vols. You know, back, way back when, when John Ward was still calling football and basketball, Bob Kessling was the voice of the Lady Vols. But when Bob would go and do TV broadcast. Mickey Deerstone would slide in and call Lady Ball uh, softball and, and or uh, basketball, excuse me, and some softball games. And so um, that became more and more um, evident the you know closer to that 98 season. He would do more and more and more games. So whenever Bob slid over for John, Mickey stepped in and was the primary voice. But I mean, you know, with a 30-year association, 23 is the lead voice of the Lady Vols. Um, that's over 800 games, okay? That is five national championships that he's been a part of. 1996, 1997, 1998, 2007, and 2008. 10 Final Fours, 17 Elite Eights, 25 NCAA tournaments, 12 SEC regular season championships, and 11 SEC tournament championships all had Mickey Deerstone behind the mic. What a legacy, what a career. As Josh mentioned, he was inducted into the Greater Sports Hall of Fame last year here in uh, Knoxville, and that's uh, that's super super exciting. I bet that will not be the last Hall of Fame uh, that he is going to be inducted into before it's all said and done. Um, but, you know, you, I don't know if a lot of you guys knew this about me. I, I do podcasting. My dream is to host my own radio show, and and damn, it better happen soon. I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm so ready. Um, it'll be a dream come true when that happens, when I have my own show. Um, but I came up, I got into this industry as a play-by-play broadcaster, right? And and I still do that on occasion, and, and I love doing it. Now it would be a hobby for me. 
Um, it's a hobby that I haven't been able to do for quite some time because I've gotten so busy, but I'll be on the mic, you know, filling in for John Wilkerson a couple of times this year on the baseball broadcast. Um, I go back to uh, my alma mater, Carson Newman, and uh, specifically some of these, uh, you know, big time tournament games or, you know, Christmas tournaments or, you know, I've called a couple of games at Thompson Bowling Arena exhibition wise for the Lady Falls. And so, you know, against Carson Newman, other than that, sometimes people will call me and I'll travel to, you know, wherever and just do a game. I love doing it, man. It's, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Everybody has their own style. It's kind of funny now, and I'll, I'll be trying to be so brief about this. You know, coming up now, it, it's it's you're so many so many young play by play broadcasters. They're just robots, right? Robots, robots, robots. It's time score, time score, time score. And let me say, time and score is the most important thing for a play by play broadcaster. Again, we are painting a visual picture. Okay, we are we are the eyes for the listener. You know, they can't see the score bug. They don't know time situation. Okay, time score, time score. That's so important. So I'm not knocking that, but just the basics, basics, basics of broadcasting. It seems like all these young broadcasters nowadays are just robots and hammering those home, hammering those home. My, my tape's got to have this, this, this. My tape's got to reach this. That we forget that it's still it's still personality-driven, right? Still personality-driven. No, is it the same as a color analyst? No, it's not. Bob Kessling is not Tim Priest. Bob Kessling is not Burt Bortlecamp. Bob Kessling is not Pat Ryan, Okay. They're, they're two different things, but it's still, you know, you got to have a flair. You got to have your own flair and your own personality. And when, you know, I don't think anybody does that quite like Mickey Deerstone has and is currently still doing. Um, he is, he, when you think of Lady Vols, you think of M Mickey Deerstone. He is a homer. He is the homer's homer. You know, it is go Lady Vols. And, you know, that, that when I'm in the play by play booth, and that's not necessarily my style, I try to be as objective as possible. But when you're calling for a home radio network, that's acceptable. And that's Mickey Deerstone. Um, again, not not quite how I would do it, but that's that's perfectly okay. Obviously, I haven't made it yet. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, but he is as Tennessee as Tennessee through. And he will bark at the officials. And it is incredible that he has not been fined, at least in the public knowledge, uh, throughout his career because he will go after officials on the call. Um, he will always speak his mind. And that's something I respect so, so much about Mickey Deerstone. Whatever he's thinking, he's going to say it. He won't hide behind his comments at all whatsoever. And so Mickey has made a career of doing that. Again, 23 seasons as a lead voice of the Lady Ball basketball team, 30 seasons overall he's been a part of it. And at the conclusion of this one, Mickey Deerstone will take off the headset for uh, the final time. So job well done to Mickey Deerstone. I am going to work like crazy to try to get him on this show uh, before the week's up, he's already made an appearance on Sports Talk. He's going to make an appearance on Sports 180, I think, today with Josh and Heather. We're going to try to get him on this podcast, hopefully tomorrow, if not Friday, uh, so you guys can hear from him about an excellent, excellent career uh, that will end this year in broadcasting for the voice of the Lady Vols, that being Mickey Deerstone. All right, guys, that will do it here for a Wednesday show. Can't thank you enough for tuning in hanging out with us here today. Big thanks to Josh Ward for coming by and talking a little bit of everything with us, but primarily Tennessee's 80-61 to win over Missouri. And don't look now, Auburn comes to town on Saturday. That will be a huge basketball game. Looking forward to that right here on Locked On Balls. Guys, appreciate it. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft. Get all the analysis, news, and notes, and all the best prospects heading to the NFL Draft. Tennessee will have a couple players. Maybe they will hit on them as well. Uh, check out the Locked On NFL Draft. Make that your second listen right after Locked On Balls. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube show. Just search Locked On Balls. We'll get it done. We'll come back stronger than ever on a Thursday and Friday. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody.